This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Let's be frank. What your brand says and what it actually does are sometimes two very different things. With consumer expectations rising, they are now checking their receipts and making sure that the rhetoric stemming from a brand actually matches its actions. Consumers more than ever before and customers more than ever before, I think, look to make sure that what a brand is saying is what's delivered through every interaction and every touch point that they have in their experience with the brand. It's really promise made, promise kept. Your brand is your promise that you're making. Your customer experience is how you're keeping that promise through each and every interaction. Carol Schmidt is the CMO for TD Bank, AMCB, and the head of global brand for TD Bank Group. And on this episode of Marketing Trends, she discusses how TD adapts its marketing strategies to ensure they stay committed to the bank's brand promise. She also touches on the unique ways TD continues to put the customer at the center of everything it does, and why the best way to attract new talent is to take a look internally. Enjoy this episode. This message is brought to you by Salesforce. Hey marketers, today's B2B buyers are more complex than ever, and every buying committee has different needs and goals. Salesforce can help. We'll show you how to put each and every customer at the center of your B2B marketing strategy, and you'll learn how top brands like Lyft approach account-based marketing. Salesforce, market to every account, speak to every buyer. Find free B2B marketing and ABM resources at sfdc.co slash every dash buyer. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Terrell, how are you? I'm well, Ian, how are you? I am doing great. We have you calling in from an undisclosed location. We cannot share your your whereabouts, uh, and we're just thrilled to have you on the show today. Awesome! It sounds really mysterious, but I'm uh, I, I'm actually in Chicago, <laughs> so it's not that mysterious. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not that mysterious. So today we're going to talk about uh, all of the amazing stuff that is going on at TD, uh, and we're going to talk about your background. So let's get into it. How'd you get started in marketing? So it's been uh, a bit of an unplanned career, but really a highly fulfilling global marketing career that I've had. Um, And I just, uh, I wouldn't do it any other way. If I think about the moves I've made, how I've taken chances and opportunities, but to get started, I actually uh, started my first big marketing job with Discover Card before it launched. So I was one of the first five people in marketing at the time. And, you know, really there at a time when we had no cardholders and we had no network. And so it was a really, really fascinating uh, product launch overall. And, you know, to see where it's come to today is just really incredible from, you know, from where it started many, many decades ago. And my role was actually in advertising when I joined, but actually because I was one of the first couple of people, I really, you know, had an opportunity to do a bit of everything. And um, we also, at the time, uh, had a CMO who believed deeply in building marketing generalists. And so he would, you know, I had a new job probably every 18 months, I would guess. And so I had the opportunity to work across the entire marketing function. 
I tell people today often, you know, this concept of a T-shaped marketer where you have um, wide breadth, but you also really focus in a couple of areas is very, very valuable. And I got that from my uh, initial uh, years at Discover Card. I also had the opportunity with Discover to move to the UK, where I spent uh, five years. And so we lived and worked, I lived and worked there and really launched that product in the UK, which was the first international launch for the card. And so that actually then um, triggered a very global career from there. So we loved living in the UK so much. I had an opportunity to go to Hong Kong. And so I uh, was a general manager of the cards and loans portfolio for Standard Chartered Bank. Then I moved to Cigna uh, in Singapore, where I started to get regional and then ultimately global marketing experience. And uh, then ultimately made my way to TV just about six years ago. And, you know, it's just been fantastic. TD is just such a great company who believes deeply in marketing and deeply in the things that really matter to marketing, things around, you know, trusted brand and customer experience and those sorts of things. So I have, as I said, it was a little bit of an unplanned career, but I've loved every moment. And so... Tell us a little bit more about what it means uh, in your current role uh, to be chief marketing officer for the U.S. and head of global brand at TD. Absolutely. I have uh, arguably one of the best jobs in the bank. So I oversee the U.S. bank's brand marketing efforts, which include things like data and analytics, corporate and public affairs, and integrated marketing efforts in the U.S., and also our brand efforts globally. I also uh, have the opportunity to oversee the bank's social impact and community relations efforts, which are, you know, just uh, so critically important right now. You know, from my perspective, one of the best parts of my job is that I have the opportunity to lead a team of passionate, dedicated marketing professionals who just, you know, come together. They constantly set the bar higher and surpass expectations. I just you know, couldn't be prouder of the team who continues to deliver for our customers and our communities every day. And so what are what are some of the types of campaigns that, you know, you you look at, you know, when you when you came in as CMO and you're looking at everything, how are you thinking about campaigns? How are you thinking about uh, how they, you know, work into your strategies and, and everything like that? You know, I think of campaigns in a couple of ways. One, we do have big campaigns. We have both brand campaigns. Obviously we have product launch campaigns, et cetera, that marketing really supports and leads on behalf of the bank. But also what I'm seeing is, you know, more of a trend toward always on. And I think digital and social media, those sorts of things are really, you know, leading um, most marketing organizations and certainly TD to start to think about, you know, how do we build more interactions as opposed to these big, you know, campaigns that we have. That said, we also, you know, have done some just incredibly interesting, innovative campaigns over the years. Um, Right now, we're actually uh, in the process of getting ready to launch an integrated campaign uh, with video for what we call Double Up, which is one of our first credit card launches in the past couple of years. And so it's truly, you know, an integrated marketing campaign that started in our stores and making sure that we have all the merchandising there. But then ultimately, you know, filters across literally every channel from direct to consumer 
above the line, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, we really look for those opportunities where we can bring the brand positioning around being unexpectedly human to life through really innovative and distinctive uh, product offerings and, and solutions for our customers. So we've got a lot of things underway that are really, really exciting. And how, how involved are you as CMO into those sort of things? Like uh, how, how much are you getting, uh, getting into the weeds on that stuff? Well, I think strategically, you know, it's re- it's really important. Number one, I think as a CMO that you are aligned with your business partners. I think that's just crucially important so that you really understand what, you know, what their priorities are and looking for ways that marketing can really partner with the business to drive, you know, brand, but also importantly, drive growth for the organization. So strategically, I'm involved, um, and but I also, you know, as I said uh, just a minute ago, I have a fantastic team. You know, if I think about the brand team, how they come together, how they, you know, they actually work really closely with the agency. So I would see, you know, I might see something at, you know, here's the the overarching campaign. This is what we're thinking. And then, you know, see things as they run and, you know, absolutely see measurements. Measurements are a very important part of kind of uh, me telling our story back to our business partners, et cetera. So I get involved at, at a senior strategic level, but my team are the ones who really are driving, you know, just the great thinking that's sitting behind the work that you see in the market. Do you have any favorite uh, campaigns uh, over the past couple of years that are, that are your, uh, that are close to you? Yeah, you know, there are so many. I, one I'm going to highlight that actually I didn't have anything to do with, but I think it was just a great example of, you know, the team in the U.S. and their work, which uh, was for curbside debit card pickup. So one of the things that I believe is really important is that you're aligning, you know, you're aligning your work strategically also to the market, what consumers are looking for. But curbside uh, came up during COVID um, and with the pandemic. And, you know, we are, we are very much, um, we have a, a very big store footprint uh, on the East Coast. And so people are used to coming to our stores. But with the pandemic, as things were shutting down, it was harder for people to come and do things like pick up their debit card. And usually when you need a debit card, it's because there's some sort of sense of immediacy to it. And so the head of brand actually looked at what was going on in retail and looking what was going on with shopping, where there was this whole phenomenon around curbside pickup. And so in six weeks, the team was able to work across the entire bank and stand up a new offering, um, which was curbside debit card pickup. And really, you know, again, back if you think about unexpectedly human, we were the first in banking to do that and really just, you know, said to our customers, like, we're here for you and we're going to get you your card when you need it. And so, of course, in an unexpectedly human way, uh, the first customer who came to pick up their card, uh, the branch manager came out with balloons and all sorts of things that you would expect from an unexpectedly human bank. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's one of those one of those magical things that happens when the marketing campaign kind of fits the the customer success portion or the or whether it's product or customer success like how much do you think about you know trying to make sure that that stuff matches up um because some you know you don't want to have messaging that isn't going to get fulfilled at the end of the day 
I think it's crucially important. Uh, you know, consumers more than ever before and customers more than ever before, I think, look to make sure that what a brand is saying is what's delivered through every interaction and every touch point that they have in their experience with their brand. We used to say it's really promise made, promise kept. Your brand is your promise that you're making. Your customer experience is how you're keeping that promise through each and every interaction. And, you know, I think typically a brand aspiration will be a little bit out in front of what you might be delivering. I think that's important to have an aspirational brand. But you need to be pretty close and make sure that you're delivering on, you know, what you're what you're saying in the market. So I think it's really, really important. The other thing that we've seen uh, happening, I think, even more regularly now too, is, you know, if you think about something like diversity and inclusion, we hear it from our colleagues. So you need to; it needs to be a lived reality internally and also aligned with what you're saying externally. I think there can really be dissonance if, you, you know, your stories and, you know, the lived reality internally through colleagues is not what you're saying outside. So it's really, really important. What about a, a campaign? And it, it could be from, from this role or, or from a pre- previous role that was one of your biggest uh, learning experiences that maybe didn't go as planned. So one of the things that we did at the beginning of the pandemic was we had to shoot ads virtually. It's not so much that the campaign itself didn't go as planned, but um, the methodology for shooting the campaign was very, very different. So, you know, if you think about how we normally, right, all of us marketers, like we, we send a lot of people and the production crew and everything else. And so for two, two campaigns, uh, one that we were launching in Canada, one that we launched in the U.S., we actually had to think about, okay, how do we do this in a way that's socially distanced and, you know, doing all the right things? So a great example in the U.S., we uh, launched our Unexpectedly Human campaign back in 2019, and we did it with uh, a dancer. It was, we call it the dancer ad. And it basically showed, you know, one of our colleagues in store who was dancing in the branch after hours and um, really talking about, you know, the unexpectedly human aspect of TD. And so when the pandemic hit, we, you know, we really needed to think about how do we get people to start to bank online and through their mobile. So really building out, you know, much more digital adoption and getting people to bank from the safety and security of their own homes. So we got the dancer um, all lined up and he actually shot his ad in his house. The team shipped him lighting uh, an iPhone 11 to actually do the shoot on. We did everything remotely. His sister basically was his entire crew, makeup, everything. And so, you know, we shot that ad on an iPhone 11 from his house. Um, And so, you know, I just think that sometimes you can't really anticipate what you're going to need to do, but that was a fantastic example of thinking about how to how to adapt uh, to a current environment. Yeah, isn't that so funny? It's like all of those things that that you never have to think about, and then all of a sudden become a priority. And then at the end of the day, all of that you know, all the sausage making, the customer never sees, right? Like nobody ever, you know, the person who's seen the ad doesn't doesn't necessarily know any of that stuff. They just expect it to be like normal. Absolutely. And I I think one of the really interesting things will be, you know, thinking about how we take all the goodness 
from what we learned in those environments and, you know, deploy it as, you know, as markets open up and, you know, we are able to go to uh, locations again. But, you know, I think there's a lot of good and, you know, it, it may cause us to really rethink what we do and how we do it as we go forward in terms of our marketing craft. Similarly, you know, what we've done with sponsorships, we have a lot of sponsorships, you know, sports sponsorships where we're in stadiums and so forth. And, you know, we had to completely pivot what we did there and do everything virtually. Some things worked really, really well. And, you know, we found new ways to engage people on social media and those sorts of things. So again, I think there's a lot of learning that we'll all have that we'll all be able to take in terms of how do you find that really great balance between being in person and, you know, what you can do virtually. And it's probably some combination of the two. You stole one of my questions. I was going to ask you about, uh, about sponsorships because, you know, obviously everybody knows uh, TD Garden and the whole world changed. So how do you, how do you leverage things like that? Yeah, you know, we have, um, we do, we have TD Gardens, so we have the Bruins, we have the Celtics, we have uh, the Toronto Blue Jays in Canada. So we've got, you know, these really, really big stadiums and, and sports teams that we actually sponsor. And so it was different, right? It was really just thinking about what we do. I mean, firstly, there was a lot of adaptation in terms of are they going to play in the first place? And so, you know, many of the teams were doing things virtually and, you know, I I would speak to, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays where they were doing a lot of, you know, even things to benefit the community. So we found new ways to activate and new ways of engaging with our partners during that time when they weren't playing at all. Then it was really about, you know, how do we then as, you know, they start to think about when they're going to play, where they're going to play, are there going to be fans? And for a long time, as we all know, there weren't fans in the stadium. Uh, For the Blue Jays, it was super interesting because they weren't able to play in Canada. So they actually had to shift their stadium and their location to the U.S. And so they played in two places. One was in Buffalo. The other is TD Ballpark in Florida, which is their spring training camp. So that's uh, that's terrific for us that they're playing in TD Ballpark. But um, everything changed. We, you know, so all of our assets that were in the Blue Jays Stadium actually we had to rethink for Buffalo and for um, TD Ballpark in terms of you know how did our assets show up and and how did we activate and so on and so forth. So it, it's been a fascinating journey and. You know, on the happy part of it, now we are starting to talk about how many people, you know, what, what's the capacity in stadiums as we're opening up? And therefore, how do we start to get back to, you know, entertaining clients from a hospitality perspective and that sort of thing? It, it is such a fascinating look at, at how, to, how to use those when you can't be there in person. And, you know, it, it becomes so much more of like just a brand play, right? Where you're like, oh, it's just kind of getting impressions out there, but you can't use a lot of the cool things that are at your disposal um, when, when, you're not, when you're not there, right? Like, do you do, you do things uh, like in activations and other things like when you're in person? Oh, we absolutely do. Um, constantly doing activations. If I think about the the Jays, you know, we have opening night activations, we have fan night activations, and so on and so forth. 
um, have really brought music into the stadium and those kinds of things. So we're constantly doing things to activate. And, you know, if you think about baseball, um, you know, there are a lot of games. And so that's a lot of activation. But we, um, you know, we just have a terrific relationship with all of our sponsorship partners. And so, you know, that really, really mattered. Having that, you know, trusted relationship for years with these partners really mattered as we went into the past year to say, you know, I mean, they were as as engaged and trying to figure out how we brought our brand to life in a virtual environment, how we were still able to activate, but it was just different. And so, you know, we did things on social media, um, you know, contests on Twitter, those kinds of things. And, you know, just really, we, we did some kind of live sessions with some of the players and so forth. So, you know, it was just a, a very different environment, but they, our partners were terrific. Switching gears a little bit, you know, obviously TD is always thinking about how to put the customer first in all of your marketing. How do you think about putting the customer first? How do you think about, you know, leveraging digital channels to do that? Um, Because, you know, digitally, sometimes it can feel a little bit harder uh, to really kind of kind of do that. Yeah, I, you know, I think that you always have to think about the customer and their experience. And you know, increasingly as the world's become more digital, I think it really has put a big emphasis on, you know, two things, not only data and analytics and making sure that you're able to bring, understand your customers personally through those insights, through the data, et cetera. But also it's about, you know, creating those personal connections and relationships and making sure that a customer feels like, They have a connected, seamless experience across their channels with you, whether they're, you know, face-to-face or whether they are through digital. But I think increasingly, you know, we do use um, data and insights. We do tons of listening. So we understand our customer needs. And, you know, that's both holistically in terms of what's going on in the market, what are consumer behaviors. And they've been changing rapidly, as you know, you know, through COVID. But then also really just, you know, really deeply understanding them personally so that you can personalize an experience. But equally, you know, our our personal connections and relationships, you know, we believe, you know, that those relationships have to be highly personalized, highly timely, meaningful to the customer. And it's really about, you know, kind of demonstrating through our brand that we understand our customers, their, their needs, and that we're there to help them. This year, especially, I would say demonstrating empathy and understanding our customers' unique situation was really, really critical. We had customers at all ends of kind of the financial spectrum in terms of, you know, some who really had financial hardships, others who, you know, were frankly making money in the market. And so we had, you know, just this broad, vast set of needs from our customers. And so, you know, how you use data how you use your personal relationships to make sure that you're there for your customers for their unique needs is just crucially important. We also have something that we call legendary customer experience. So it's a very high aspiration, high bar uh, for the organization. It's been around forever. And so we really do aim at all of our touch points to um, deliver legendary experiences to our customers. And increasingly, that's you know, that is through digital as customers are, you know, interacting and spending a lot of time 
on channels other than TV zone channels, but, you know, in, in uh, media consumption through other things. Um, yeah, customer first, critically important. Delivering a seamless, personalized, connected customer experience is really the aspiration. Yeah, you know, you all were were one of uh, the most active when it came to pursuing, you know, PPP loans. Obviously, this was something that every single marketer on the fly had to figure out how to construct that messaging and generate awareness for something that was super important for businesses and SMBs. How do you? How do you kind of like, you know, think about that stuff? Yeah. So um, PPP, for people who might not know, is payroll uh, protection plan. And so that was really important when, uh, you know, the pandemic hit. And so the first thing that I would say is small businesses have always been a core focus for TD. A part of that is, you know, they are just at the heart of our communities. And so when the pandemic hit and we saw the devastation or the potential devastation to so many small businesses, we knew we had to help. And so that really initially started with, you know, providing information and just letting people know, you know, people are trying to come to the branches. Some of our, our branches or our stores were, were not open. And so getting crucial information out was um, really step one. And so, you know, the team just came together and pulled that information, pulled landing pages and those sorts of things to make sure that we were letting people know that we were here and had information that they need. But it also meant supporting the payroll protection program, which was really designed to help these small businesses stay afloat. And so, you know, just some remarkable things happened, um, you know, in light of this. We built a digital application in 72 hours in order for customers to get access to this PPP funding. And through the process, um, through there were two, there have been two rounds of PPP funding. TV actually approved more than 130,000 PPP loans, which made us a top 10 PPP lender. You know, it was really just crucially important um, that we were we were able to do that for our customers, our small business customers. And one of the things that we really focused on is, you know, getting to those who really needed it most. So we had, you know, kind of higher percentages of smaller businesses who were really, really reliant on this funding. Seeing how our teams came together during that time, you know, worked just days in a row, not really days in a row, months in a row to actually make that happen, stand that up, get through the application volume, you know, and, and delivering such a crucial service to one of our core, core segments in small business uh, was so important. But in turn, what it also did is it really, people felt like they were making a difference. They felt like there was, you know, there was something there that where they were helping. So I think it was just a terrific example of how TV stood up during the pandemic with our customers. Yeah, it's, it's just incredible, incredible speed and agility to be able to do that for such a large company. It's just, it's remarkable uh, how quickly people could kind of just create these things overnight that, you know, traditionally would take so long. Um, one of my favorite uh, statistics during the pandemic is something that came from McKinsey where they said, Digital adoption vaulted forward in eight weeks, what would normally have taken years to deliver. And so, you know, I think you just look at those things. You look at how quickly people got home and, you know, companies were able to set them up to work from home. 
there are just so many, um, so many bright lights in terms of necessity being the uh, motherhood of invention. And I think we just see so much of that. And it gave people confidence that we can really, you know, we talk about agile all the time and moving faster. And during the pandemic, we just saw so many great examples of that, um, both because it was necessary, but also because people just stood behind it and said, we're going to figure this out. And uh, so much of that happened. What are some of the things that you believe are core challenges for for marketers today uh, or things that you're working on, whether it's strategies or tactics uh, that you're trying to put in place, you know, over the over the next year? I mean, firstly, I think the the thing that we're focused on right now is really um, colleague well-being. So our colleagues are just so core to our future strategy, making sure, you know, that um, they're continuing to learn and to grow and have the opportunity to do it, to do really meaningful work is an absolute core focus because nothing, no strategy that we have in the future will happen without, you know, without having these, uh, our colleagues feeling like they're doing just great work and, you know, that we're really creating reasons for them to want to continue to stay at the bank. And so culture is crucially important to us, especially maintaining a culture when, you know, you're, you're distanced. But, you know, we look forward to that. We look forward to the day that we have the option to bring people back together. I think it will look different. And so we are looking at strategies, of course, like, you know, many companies are in terms of how do we take the good things of working from home and flexibility and those sorts of things to really bolster our colleagues and give them continued flexibility, but also find those crucial ways of bringing people together for, for on the benefit of our culture. So that would be one thing. Um, the second thing is, you know, we've been working on a strategy that we call Marketing 2025 Now. And it was really grounded in all of the changes that we see, you know, in the external environment and, you know, what we're seeing in terms of where modern marketing organizations are going and will need to go in the future in order to, um, you know, to really win. And so we are just now starting to land that. What's interesting, we started with Marketing 2025, and we now call it Marketing 2025 Now, because we know that the things you know that we're going to need to do around innovation, around data and analytics, really accelerating digital, driving a purpose-driven brand, which has just never you know been more important, and continuing to put the customer at the center and delivering personal experiences. You know, those are things that, that we need to be building today. And, and we, we have been building, but I mean, really accelerating today so that, you know, by the time 2025 comes, we, you know, we, we have a fully, um, fully operating marketing organization that is, you know, just world class. And that is our aspirations. You know, we really see ourselves being from a marketing perspective, uh, what we call customer-led growth engineers. You know, we are such a, a growth engine for the bank. Of, you know, we, of course, we have amazing partners. We have the front line and, you know, they are really driving so much growth uh, every single day. We have digital channels. They drive growth. But marketing is just a huge driver of acquisition, of deepening customer relationships. So we're excited about the future. We're, you know, we're really excited to build, you know, what we think will be just one of uh, the best examples of a future-focused marketing organization. 
Yeah, I'm curious. How do you think about you know recruiting and and getting top marketing talent? You know, marketing talent is so diverse at this point. There's so many different skill sets that you need. Uh, you know, we've talked creative, mm-hmm. we've talked sponsorships, we've talked digital. You know, obviously all of the marketing operations and martech stuff as well. And especially as this, you know, the hybrid work environment, all that stuff. How do you how do you look for and attract talent? Yeah, a few ways. Um, firstly, I think your brand is really important. Um, I, again, I think that people today look for companies whose values align with their own. So, you know, making sure that you're really clear externally about who you are as a brand, how you deliver, what your voice is, that's a huge attractor of talent. Secondly, you know, as people start to get to know your company, really understanding the culture. And TD has a, a really special culture. It's, uh, it's a little hard to put your finger on it. But, you know, I think the culture is actually what keeps people, attracts people to TD and also keeps people there. I remember when I was interviewing with TD and I think I had 16 interviews, I think across 11 people, many of whom I saw a few times. And, you know, what really struck me was, you know, of course, there was diversity in the team and there was diversity of thought, but there was something that really, you know, sort of defined the culture that was really consistent. And it was really around this this ability and a drive to deliver, but a very, very important emphasis on how how people at TD deliver. And so I think that's what makes the, you know, the culture just so unique at TD. And it is why people stay there. And so when I first came to the U.S. Bank, I spent a lot of time doing a listening tour. I talked to, I don't know, I think I talked to probably over 70 people. I have been doing small group sessions with the entire marketing function regularly. And, you know, that's what I hear. It is what I hear. And I see it every day in terms of how people have each other's backs, how they look out for each other. So I think culture is just crucially important. And then the third thing that I would say is um, it is about meaningful work. And so our desire to build a world-class marketing function means that we also will attract people who want to work for a world-class marketing function. So, you know, being there, doing meaningful work, doing things you know, that you can see are innovative and, and that you're able to move with speed and those sorts of things are reasons why people come and why they stay. So what's on the horizon for TD? So we always have a lot on the go at TD and uh, this year is absolutely no exception. So a few things that I would say are really areas of focus for us. One is, you know, really delivering on our purpose-driven brand. As we look at, you know, the last year, you know, diversity and inclusion, things like ESG are just, you know, regular conversations at the bank. And marketing has a really, really important role, I believe, to help the organization tell that story. So brand with purpose will be key. The second area is really, you know, continuing to accelerate our digital marketing capabilities. You know, that that whole space is changing so quickly. Uh, we have things coming up like the cookie list world and those sorts of things. And, you know, we need to make sure that whether it's through MarTech or AdTech or our just capabilities in terms of what we're building and how we're deploying uh, digital marketing is so crucially important to us. So that's a huge focus for us. And then the third thing that I would mention is just 
really positioning marketing at the center of growth for the bank. So growth is obviously one of the key priorities for us. And um, marketing is a really big growth engine for the bank. So whether that's through acquiring new customers or through deepening relationships, uh, we have a huge, um, a huge opportunity in front of us to work with the businesses, to work with our frontline store staff and really delivering uh, growth for the bank. So we're really excited about that. And the final thing that I'm really focused on is telling the story of marketing. So, you know, even coming in initially and starting to listen to, you know, kind of what we think of as more full funnel marketing, I think we have an opportunity to really bring the business along, uh, bring finance along and work with them actually to define what great marketing looks like in terms of how we measure it. And that's a really important part of what we do. And it's a really important part of my role is telling the story of marketing. So that's a little of uh, what we have to look forward to. Okay, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Lightning round questions. Trell, are you ready? I am ready. Number one, what's your favorite Ted Lasso character? Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> Just it has to be. You were based in both uh, Toronto and Philly. Uh, so who has the best food and which restaurant should we go to the next time we're in either Toronto or Philly? Oh, boy. That is a, uh, that's a tough one. But I have to say, I think Philly is a just a world-class city when it comes to food. And so my two favorite restaurants there, one is really hard to get into, which is the Hog, but I also absolutely love Elvez. Outside of work, what do you do for fun? So I am a runner. And um, one of the things that I do is I work with an organization called Achilles. And it's an organization that pairs uh, running guides, which I am, with athletes with disabilities. And so we run races together. And honestly, it's one of the most fun things that I do. I just have so many great friends in that organization. And uh, I can't wait to get back in an environment where we can regularly get together. We travel for races, all sorts of things. If you weren't in marketing, if you weren't in business at all, what do you think you'd be doing? Good question. So I would tell you something that I love, and I think that most of my people would say I could do, which is be an editor. <laughs> so early on in my career, I have a fascination for grammar. And early on in my career, I remember people saying, there is an 800 grammar hotline, and I'm going to call it. I was telling somebody that at TV recently, and he said to me, I feel like if I called the 800 grammar hotline, you would answer. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs> I love that. What's your best advice for a first-time CMO? Listen, spend a lot of time listening and learning. I think it's one of the things that's uh, really been so important to me, especially as I went to different markets, even coming from Canada to the U.S., you know, and, and I'm American. And I thought, oh, I know this market. I've got this. You know, you really need to come in. You need to deeply understand you know, your business priorities, your partner's priorities, 
your customers in the markets um, and the competitive landscape. So listening and learning is probably the most important thing to do when you first get there. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? Uh, right up front, how to pronounce my name. <laughs> Which, it's a hard one. It's Carol, like Carol, and it doesn't look like that at all. So I always tell people when I had my two girls, I was like, they will have phonetic names where people know how to pronounce them. So uh, that's probably the question. Well, Terrell, it's been great having you on the show and we loved chatting with you. Any any final thoughts, anything uh, to plug? Obviously, everybody should check out uh, TD.com if they're, if they're looking to learn more. Absolutely. Thank you. That's, that's the perfect plug to end with. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you. Awesome. Take care. You too. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.